Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome back to the Always in Pursuit podcast. <laughs> I don't know why you're shaking at my head. You, shaking you, your head at me. You're like what? trying to creep your intro. Every <laughs> no. Time. It's just... Hey, everybody. <laughs> Hi. How's it going? <laughs> oh, boy. My name's Aaron, and uh, we are back this week, uh, a week after Easter. <laughs> so, so that's good. Sorry, we didn't cool. have a podcast last week, but um, I was like in and out of almost dying. <laughs> so Again. Right. Yeah. You know, busiest it's a, week. It's a reoccurring theme around here. Just had 103 <laughs> fever. No yeah. bigs. Whatever. So, so uh, we're we're happy to be back. So, Mark and Megan, hey guys, how's it going? Hello. Hey. Good to be back. How was yeah. your time with your family over the Easter time frame? For us, it's different. We it, don't really... It happened. Easter holidays. So. And then I got to go home. Okay. <laughs> so, you know. So, there's, there's a review. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Not sure how many I got stars. to hang out with my niece and nephew on Monday, so that was fun. Good. They weren't in school, so. Yeah. We had a sick kid, yeah. uh, so we just hung out at home. Sounds like every family at our yeah. church. Yeah. We had a sick kid. That's how the conversation begins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were going to go down uh, with Justice at the Family Dawn by Rochester, and they did, but we did not, so we just stayed home. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Pretty pizza. lucky. Sorry. They ate pizza. Yeah. It, I mean, it was still great Easter. We just yeah. didn't do a whole lot of anything, which actually probably means it was the best Easter. I mean, it sounds kind of ideal to me. <laughs> yeah. It was not Stay bad. home and eat pizza. Yeah. I'm on board with that. <laughs> yeah. We had uh, in-laws in. So we had actually just like some, just a few people that didn't have anywhere to go on Easter uh, come over on Sunday, which was fun. And then we had family come in from basically Sunday evening real late it was almost monday by the time they got in with like their flight getting delayed and then all the way to friday so i had the in-laws in town so that was fun and then i got an infection had a huge fever and had a bunch of doctor's appointments and you know got that figured out got it figured out by sunday yeah (laughs) yeah i could be sick all week as long as i'm okay on sunday i mean that's pretty much on par for the last year for a busy week for us is somebody's sick Almost dying. Yep. Is Mark going to be able to preach on Sunday? Know, happening. Yeah. Um, but it's great. Easter happened, and we had a room full of people. Mm-hmm. We had like 180 people, which is the biggest service we've had for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's even more fun, Mark. We were talking about this last week, counting the people that were away. Mm-hmm. That were because we have a lot of young families visiting grandparents and, and family out of town. Um, so counting another 50 people or so that yeah. weren't there. Um, but yeah, it was fun to see some faces we haven't seen in a while. Fun to see some extended family that come generally for Easter. Yeah. Um, it was a good, it was a good day. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like when I walked away, I felt really good about just how the feel of the day and just how things went and just, you know, the music was good and yeah. just felt really good. Um, but yeah, there was like, it kind of feels like you have a family meal or, a family time where like part of your family's missing, you mm-hmm. know, cause like there, we do have such a young church. We have a weird kind of thing that happens. Like a lot of churches, they'll be like, yeah, their absolute maximum capacity Sunday is on Easter. Mm-hmm. Our maximum capacity Sunday is almost always in September Yeah, it, because we have a completely different church. A lot of our young families travel and mm-hmm. they're just like, they're going to grandma grandpa's or they're up North or they're at the cabin or they're, yeah. you yeah. know, going here and there. So it's like, mm-hmm. we have a, great sunday on easter but it's by not by far our like <laughs> you're like who are you 
I'm so and so's sister. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're, yeah. we grow by like random yeah. sort of yeah. family connections. Family yeah. connections, yep. <clears throat> but it's really September where everybody's back because they're so kids like centric. Yep. That like school's beginning yeah. and then we get that one week in September where everybody happens to be there yep. and it's like, whoa. And there's an extra energy. There's like a threshold number in the room that if you're over that, the room just feels super exciting right. and like packed full. Mm-hmm. It's about so 120 fun. adults. Yeah. I can tell you that. Yep. And what's crazy is that like, I, I honestly don't, we, we're not like, we're not like uh, measuring this because we care so much about the numbers, mm-hmm. but it's things like that. It's like, okay, if we yep. were to get over 200 adults, we could go to two services and allow for people to serve at one and go to another one, which would mm-hmm. allow our kids ministry people to be in services. Yep. Um, the other thing is when you have 120 adults in the room, there's a different level of, of energy for worship. Yeah. That is just like, mm-hmm. yeah, amazing. Yeah. So yeah, our metric is probably going to be when we switch to two services, it's probably going to be not be because of that, but because of how many kids we have. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's crazy. They're starting to get packed. <laughs> and, we had oh, like man. 50 kids. Seriously. It, yeah, I mean, there are things we can do. Like, we will have the gyms available to us. We, yeah. yep. we could move yeah. one of the classrooms into the gym, which would be sort of annoying. But it's a great re- problem to have. There are definitely Sundays where a third of the entire church is under fifth grade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were a couple Sundays ago where we had 12 two-year-olds in a room, <laughs> which is, two- if you've ever been around a two-year-old, like, it's just bananas. Um. Our kidsmen people are great. They are. We love them. Yeah. Yes. No one is allowed to switch out of children's ministry into <laughs> any other And by the way, everybody else needs to take a shift. That's right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, so if you're new or checking us out, uh, we're the staff, part of the staff of Pursuit Community Church in Mounds View. And we do this podcast almost every week as a supplement to our weekend services, the message that happens on Sunday uh, Pastor Mark or whoever is doing the preaching uh, oftentimes doesn't get through all their notes or they have other thoughts or ideas that are part of that same conversation or that same topic. And so we bring those things here, have those conversations in this podcast. We also talk about a lot of other fun things. Um, and like today, we're kind of lifting the curtain a little bit and talking about church leadership stuff and numbers and different things like that. We're also reviewing the last two weeks of sermons in our Vibrant Faith series that Mark gave um yeah so i'm excited about the conversation today so yeah mark why don't you uh give us a little review yeah well we figured we'd start with the easter Mm -hmm. uh sermon since we didn't have a chance to talk about last week and you know it was one of those sermons where i kind of had written that pretty far in advance and had a pretty good idea of where it was going and felt really confident that god was sort of calling me to preach that message which Mm -hmm. was kind of fun um it's not often that i'll preach the same passage for easter Two years in a row. That's essentially what I did. I'm pretty sure I did Lazarus yeah. last year. Yep. And, wah, um, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know what's funny is like um, I studied Lazarus and I preached that passage last year and then found some other material or listened to somebody else talk about it and like had some epiphanies. Like, wow, that would have been an amazing point to make or that I missed that. <laughs> yeah. And then, <clears throat> you know, kind of like put, slotted it away for next year. And then was kind of working on that uh, illustration of having the like the kid who hears for the first time, which I heard from somebody else used in a different way. Um, and I just kind of was like noodling on that, just, you know, rolling it around in my head. 
And uh, it was like, it all came together. The whole sermon came together in like about 45 minutes, which was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and really wanted to focus on those background characters uh, because I just kind of got obsessed with this idea that like, man, there's a lot of people who feel like with the Christian faith that like, man, if they're a humble person or like they don't want to take a ton of credit, they don't want to be the center of attention, they don't want to be in front of everybody on stage, they sometimes feel like maybe they get lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks that, you know, it's Jesus's power that resurrects people from the dead, but it's the obedience of people, normal people who hear what Jesus' command is and say yes, that changes everything. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was him saying, hey, roll that stone away. So mm-hmm. then he could call Lazarus out. And then it was, you know, Lazarus, you got to assume he's just hopping out of there. She's like, is that where the Easter Bunny comes from? Like, you know, like a grave closed kind of dude hopping out. Um, And then they had to unwrap him. And I just thought, man, the discipleship process is just unwrapping people. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. my brain just goes to, like, all the people who are in, again, kids' Sunday school rooms or people who are in small groups leading a new believer, you know, or, like, people doing stuff in the background. I just thought, this is what fuels us. Mm -hmm. and. It's really true about our church. Like there, you could say there are a lot of things that fuel us as believers, right? Like probably plenty of things that we didn't talk about, you know, but that one, that one thing, watching dead people come to life and watching them find their faith and watching people sort of in the background, humbly serving and being obedient and watching people's lives change is the fuel or should be for a church. Right. Yeah. The fuel is not we passed a new threshold of people in the room, mm-hmm. which yeah. I think a lot of churches, that's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. we got 500 this week and next week we got 520 next week. You know, yeah. like, like we're growing by this percentage, you know, and like, let's yeah. keep up the good work. It's like, no, like, I, I want to watch people's lives change. You know, like, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't. It, fine. Great. Growth is going to be a side effect of a healthy thing. A healthy thing is probably going to grow like. You know, but also unhealthy things grow as yeah. well. So I, mm-hmm. I'm really focused on, I want to see let people's lives change. I want to look at them and say they're in a different place than they were two years ago, three years ago, five years ago. Yeah. And it's kind of a slow, methodical process sometimes. Like there are moments where there are people jumping out of the out of the grave. But there are also times when people are moving real slow right. along that path. So have you guys ever seen uh, any of the like kids books, illustrations of like Lazarus when he comes to life? <laughs> It's almost like Peter Pan coming out of a tomb. Like he just kind of pops up with his arms on his side like this, <laughs> big smile. Like, <laughs> what if it was more like a zombie? Like <laughs> coming out. I don't know. It'd be kind of funny. I will give you guys like I don't know if this is available online. I think maybe just clips of it. But my favorite in it, like live action Jesus thing is called um, the Miracle Maker, mm-hmm. and it's claymation. Yes, it's it is. <laughs> So killer. And it has like all these European um, voices that like do most of the people. So like, you know, Jesus, I want to say he's, it's not Liam Neeson, but it's somebody like I think it's Ralph, Ralph Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes or Colin Firth or something (laughs) like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. We looked this up. It's Ralph Fiennes. It's awesome. I totally recommend people go look up the Miracle Maker and just go into the deep hole of watching all the clips you can find. They're fantastic. I'm going to see if it's online. They're streaming right now. <laughs> so, um, 
But yeah, I like I like that we took a moment to focus on all the like out of the spotlight serving opportunities because I think a lot of times those are ones that you see right away. Um, and there are a lot of people like me yeah. who would rather be in the back of the room mm-hmm. pushing buttons or showing up early to move carts and pipe and drape. Um, and that is more, that's a higher percentage of what the actual, like where people are serving right. on stage. There's maybe 12 people on stage right. each Sunday. Um, we probably have 30 that make up the other serving, uh, opportunities. So it, it was really nice. And I, I heard a lot of feedback of people being like, yeah, that's okay. Me. That's yeah. That's Where what I, I want. I'm in the story. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah. want to be on stage in the lights with a mic. Yeah. It's like, great. I'll put you somewhere else. Right. I will mm-hmm. find another spot for you. There's a place for you to serve. And I cannot say this more unequivocally. Uh, you are not ready to be on stage until you have put the work in behind the scenes. Yeah. Like if you're not a humble servant leader, we don't want mm-hmm. you in front of people. We don't want to yep. put you into leadership. Like I had, had a conversation as we were talking about through our governance stuff. And it's like, how do you pick the people that are going to be on your like upper leadership team, your upper board? Yeah. And it's like, oh, I already know those people. Like they're the ones that have been putting up curtains for three years. They're mm-hmm. the ones that have been showing up to teach Sunday school. They're the ones that have been coming yep. at 7 a.m., to set up the soundboard. They're the ones that have like, if you, if you aren't putting in the work behind the scenes to make the organization go and you just expect to be thrown into leadership or thrown on stage. Cause man, you're a CEO of a company and you make a lot of money and you give a lot of money and you think you should just be on the board because of that. It's like, uh, this ain't ain't the church for that. Yep. That's not our church. Yeah. Like if you're not a servant leader, you're not a leader. Yeah. I really like to, you know, you've already mentioned this and talked about it in the sermon, but the idea that we were invited into this, like Jesus invite, you know, he said, roll back the stone, like as a command, but also like, I'm not doing it. You guys do it, <laughs> you know? Right. So we're invited into it, but that, that invitation is also how we get our motivation as well. We get to be a part of it, mm-hmm. you know, on that illustration of the child receiving, um, the ability to hear for the first time right. and not only just the beauty of that, the miraculousness of it, but realizing that we're the ones in the front row seat of the stadium, you know, right. we've yeah. got courtside seats yeah. to that. So we get to sit back and just have a moment, enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. You know? Well, and this came up in my small group. I'm, I'm somebody made a really smart comment. I can't remember who it was, but they were like, <laughs> let's guess, give us names. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> they were like, um, like it would have been so much more like of a amazing story if Jesus was just like, Phew. like right. he just like oh. he just waves his hand and the and it's like and then the stone flew away from you know and then yeah. and then uh, you know Lazarus comes out and he just does that and all of a sudden Lazarus has a robe and a yeah. ring and you know the whole thing and he's like he's like it would have been just like this incredible scene if Jesus had just done this miraculously but he didn't yeah. Like, he chose to yeah. invite people into it. If he had, he would have just been more like the genie from Aladdin than it would have been Jesus. <laughs> but, I mean, when we look through Scripture at what Jesus <coughs> did and what God has done, like, he's capable of it. Like, yeah. he could have. Yeah. But he chose to use imperfect people. Right. Right. It's the same way, like, you know, when he feeds the 5,000 or when he invites Peter out of the boat onto the water. Yeah. Like, 
the invitation is there right. to serve, to be a part of it. And so it's not because Jesus actually needs us to do it. He can do it on his own, like you're saying. Yeah. Uh, it's because there is some sort of divine process at work in the midst of this, of our Savior doing his redemptive work where he wants us to be a part of it. Yeah. So he's inviting yeah. us into it, you know, and that's... I'd even argue it was more work for him to include us. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's an extra step to right. like, I mean, and thinking as somebody who could either do it or get other people involved, like, I'd have that thought on an almost weekly basis. I'll just do it. Um, it's yeah. just easier for me to do it than to explain it to somebody It'll else, right. get somebody else on board. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is not what Jesus did. And right. I sometimes have to remind myself that. Well, it, but, yeah, totally. And I think, too, like, I mean, as former youth workers, we all, you know, worked with interns or, you know, staffers, things like that. And it's like you would delegate something to that person. And I mean, there were multiple times in my you know, work history where the senior pastor would be like, why'd you do that? Like you would have done it 10 times better. And I'm like, I'm not delegating it because it's going to be better than how I did it. Right. Like I'm delegating it so they yeah. learn how to do it. Like that's why I'm doing mm-hmm. it. Right. And I think got like something to learn there. Yeah, and that's essentially, I think, part of it is Bo- that God wants So bonus us. leadership side note, if uh, if you can find somebody to do something that you want to give away, mm-hmm. who can do it at about half your capacity right now, mm-hmm. give it away. Mm-hmm. Yep. If they don't do it at half your capacity, then you need to keep working with them until they get to that point. Yep. Yeah. If you see someone who has uh, more capacity than you or can get to like 80% of what you're mm-hmm. able to do, that's what you're looking for. So 80% or up to way more yeah. than what you're capable of, that's what you're actually looking for. So when you're looking for somebody to delegate something to, you're looking for somebody, do they have more capacity than me? Mm-hmm. Can they right now do it at half my capacity? Yeah. Like if Are they, they teachable? Can, if they can, give it away. Like yeah. just go on to the next thing. Like if you're a leader, you got too much to do anyways. The more you can give away, the better the better you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I think people are too controlling or too arrogant thinking like no one else can do it as good as me. I mean, it might be true, but you might actually be keeping somebody who has more capacity than you to be better than you someday right. from ever getting into the role to take it on. Yeah. And it's like, you got to see that you got to see ahead and be like, this person actually probably could get better than me over time. Why don't I hand this off to them and yeah. let them run with it? And then there's a million other things that you can be doing, right? Like always, if you're a leader who's like, doesn't have, you know, it doesn't have anything to do after you give stuff away and you're worried about giving away your job or you're like, you're not a very good leader. Come on. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you should be in way over your head in what you're capable of doing and what you're trying to do. And you should be dying for capacity, like to mm. be able to give people things. So, yeah. And chances are you weren't great at it right out the gate either. Right. Why, so, are you, why do you keep looking at no. me? <laughs> no, this is this is directly to me. If you notice, Mark was talking directly to me. What? Um, <laughs> wow. No. no. No, because because this is something that I am not innately good at. Delegation is something I mm-hmm. will go on the record and say this is something that I struggle with. Um, but it's important. But yeah. it's for you, I will say this to defend you. It's not often about control as much as it is about... Um, uh, um, efficiency or quickness. Yeah. You just want that thing to be done. Yeah. And it actually sometimes does cost us a little bit more time managing somebody else mm-hmm. for a time. Yeah. 
So there's like, it's not efficient yeah. sometimes to yeah. give something away. It will be eventually, Yeah. but it's not right away. Yeah. And I think a lot of times you're just like, I can do this fast and it'll be done. I'll, be, I'll have it checked off my list. Right. And if I hand it off to this person, I have to manage them. Mm-hmm. I have to make sure it gets done for a while. So hold yeah. on a second. Is this what Jesus Efficiency. is doing with uh, like right now? Like when he, you know, it's not in the story, but like when he says, roll back this stone, did it take like a couple dudes pushing on it? And they're like, well, we need, we need one more. And it took like 20 minutes. Cause in the story, it's like, yeah. I mean, uh, my guess is Jesus uh, just sitting there like eating pro- a pear or something. Like, <laughs> waiting for them to roll back the stone. Bring me some olives. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, guys, come on. Like, just go get a pry bar. <laughs> No, my guess is there were enough of them that were like, you right. know, it was like pretty instant, you know. <laughs> Roll back the stone. I mean, it does say, like, it was. Maybe? I think it was Mary who came yeah. and then the, the crowd came with her. So yeah. there was a crowd yeah. of people yeah. there. <clears throat> but so, like Jesus, it would have been much easier and more efficient for him to just snap his fingers and do it. Oh, yeah. and right. cooler. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> like the story yeah. is way cooler if he just like, if he levitates the stone and just like yeah. throws it at thousand feet away or snaps his fingers and it just turns into just like a million butterflies yes. oh my goodness doves. So... yes oh man killer <laughs> right wouldn't we have written a better movie script than this like yes. I, I think we would have improved on it right yeah but i mean you could also say it would have been cooler if jesus would have come back as like a prince or a king but he didn't our human brains think it would be better but yeah, more cinematic. I don't know, more movie. I think of it in movie I, terms. I don't right. think Jesus was focused on being more, cinematic. More fantastical. Yeah, I, th- I always he thought that Jesus threw the, robe hammer, out there. the hammer of Thor <laughs> through this. Yeah. I always thought his robe should be sleeveless so, to show off the guns, and like he should have had sunglasses on. I mean, Stop it. Stop it. Jesus wearing pit viper glasses and a sleeveless. No. Oh, my gosh. We've Thanks, rabbit buddy. trailed so far. And white sneakers. So, <laughs> so... Um, what is happening? Yes. So we get invited into it. That's kind of, That was kind of the concept. And that is the fuel because the yes. main event, the main event is Jesus bringing dead people, you know, to life. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, and I think this kind of gets to our, our, one of our values. Yes. It's just like, and I don't think, I don't think the average person in our church thinks like this, which is why we need to be one of our values. It's not like this is a super selfish thing that people have, but like it's a natural thing that people have where they think about themselves or they think about people like them or they think about people in their small group. But often no one's thinking about people who are outside of your church. Right. Right. So one of our values is that we are passionate about people who aren't here yet. And we mean that in multiple levels, but like one of the ways we mean that is we're passionate about people who literally are not here because they are not part of a church because they do not know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when we make decisions as a church, we're thinking through the things that we do. We are thinking about the average person who lives in the apartment building behind the community center who we're inviting to an event and we're thinking about what their needs are, what their you know desires are, how we're going to meet them, how we're going to connect with them, as much as we're thinking about the people inside of our church. And that there's yeah. this tension you know, that we manage where we do care about our people. We do want to take care of them. Mm-hmm. We want them to be discipled. Um, we have. Pro- we just got done with First John, and he talks a lot about that. We have, yeah, yeah. we have programs designed mm-hmm. to put people in community and help them be in, you know, growing together. But also, someone in our church needs to advocate for people who do not have a voice 
here mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. And often that falls to us as staff members. Yep. We're making decisions to be thinking about them. I yeah. kind of alluded to it a little bit this week when we were talking about our thought process on the, you know, doing the uh, vacation Bible school at night yeah. during doing the week. Yeah, doing kids club in the yeah. evening, yeah. And, like, one of the reasons why we did that was because during the week there's a great program during the day at the school mm-hmm. that, that feeds the kids breakfast and lunch, that takes care of them during the daytime. Yeah. It is child care for a lot of, like, lower-income people who are right in the area, and then a lot of people use it. Um, you know, just for their work schedule or whatever. And it's like, so we're running this program and we're trying to reach to these people, but yet most of the ones we'd be reaching to, the kids who were maybe needing lunch or needing a place to be or mm-hmm. needing a safe environment, were already in that yeah. at school. So we moved it to the evening. Yep. And then we're like, well, if we're going to invite families to come, we should feed everyone because we don't want to possibly send somebody home without yep. hungry, right? So we started thinking through that, you know, is that the best thing for our people? Do most of our, like, we have a lot of, like, stay-at-home moms and homeschool moms and, you know, like, do, is it best for their kids? Maybe during the day is the best time for them. You know, yeah. maybe it gives them that, like, I can, you know, drop my kids off and just spend a half an hour getting, <laughs> is that how they sound? getting some Starbucks <laughs> and just have a little bit of quiet in my life. I didn't know we had any southern. I don't know why they talk like, like that. <laughs> Antebellum women at our church. <laughs> Actually, most of them would have been volunteering anyway. All right, I was gonna say, who is this person you're thinking of? Oh, it's me. Actually, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> yes, because I, right. I have my kids four days a week. <laughs> you're right. This was one of the tensions, and we skewed on the side of serving our community right. over serving our church. I mean, yes. Jess and I, when we were. Uh, talking like through our calendar for this summer i was like yeah it's a little bit on the later side we would normally have our kids like in bed or right. being close mm-hmm. to being ready for bed around that time but it's also like we get why we're doing it as a church right. and right. we want to be a part of that too yeah so yeah yeah and i think it'll work both great for everyone yep also i love the idea of our families sitting down to eat with families who aren't from our church Mm -hmm. like to me there is a yeah super big benefit to that too there's there's just something really special when you get to sit down and have a meal and just like hang out and i think our people shine in that setting so getting to give them a time other than just a sunday after church to do that with more people in the community is is big um it's also i heard from a lot of people last year who really wanted to serve from pursuit, but couldn't because it was in the middle of the day, right? They're and they yeah. they couldn't get their work schedule to to flex. Um, so I think this opens up an opportunity, yeah, for them to come in the yeah. evening as well and be a part of it. Yeah, one of the things that when I think about being passionate for the people who aren't here yet, uh, like these things are great, uh, but these are all like event based or programmatic. You know, mainly what we champion as staff, as the pastors and leaders of our church, it gets a little bit more nuanced and a little bit more complicated when you start bringing that to the individual people at Mm. our church and saying, like, how are you passionate about someone who's not here? Mm. I think traditionally, like the church I grew up at, that was always like distilled down to like, invite a friend. Or like you hear from the pulpit, like, invite your coworker to church or something like that. We're not just talking about inviting people to church. We're talking about like genuine care and concern for people, whatever that looks like. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think the challenge that we we don't forget it or ignore it is more like helping the average person who attends church embrace that 
yep. and understand that and even maybe give them tangible ideas or like try this out go do this right. you know so i think it's even important to th- look at it from that perspective too because community is important um it's important to be concerned about people who aren't here yet but i don't ever want that to just be as simple or plain as invite a friend or invite a coworker yeah. or something like that like yeah. I think that's a great discussion for small groups to have. Mm-hmm. How as a group are we focused on loving and passionate about people who aren't here yet? Yeah. There you go. Homework, guys. Yeah. Get at it. Yeah, we should tell the person who writes discussion questions every week to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I throw you under the bus every week. People are like, what's this question mean? I'm like, I don't write them. <laughs> <laughs> um, Listen no. up, everybody. If I, you've got a problem, you can email me, okay? I'll, Just kidding. I'll say this. Um, we've been in a couple situations recently where like, so like my first time when I went in the hospital a couple years ago, now it's almost two or two and a half years ago. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was in for, you know, 10 days. M- Marty's work uh, colleagues got together mm-hmm. and made this basket. And you're like, oh, that's so so nice. Like They but, wove a basket? Yo, it was, it was so over the top. It was so crazy over the top. Like, mm-hmm. there were, not, not even kidding you, $1,500 worth of gift cards in it. Like, $250 worth of, like, grocery cards mm-hmm. like um you know like and then of course there were more than that there were like snacks that were like just for her then there were like some people dropped off meals like we had we were taken care of easily as well by our non-church community there as we were by our church community our church mm-hmm. community was amazing by the way i'm not saying that i'm not throwing any shade at our church community at all yeah like i think we had meals for like like a month yeah um, and people were amazing taking our kids and doing cool stuff for us like that. But I, you know, I just, I kind of feel like as I was thinking about them kind of stepping into that, like you, you have to think through, so like almost none of her coworkers are believers and almost all of them care enough about her to do something like that. And so we just started like talking through, okay, so like, can we, first we were just like, we need to thank these people. So we just started maybe having them over once in a while. Mm-hmm. And we are kind of starting to work through like all of her coworkers, having them over to our house for dinner. And you, you want to, you want to talk about like inviting somebody to church, inviting somebody to church is like potentially six months down the road of having like a significant relationship with a person right. mm-hmm. where you actually really care enough about them to know right. who they are, pray for them, invite them over to your house for dinner, like get yeah. the kids together to play. Like we've been doing this like consistently with all of her coworkers. Mm-hmm. Now that we feel like we have a great house to be able to host people, it's like the, she's slotting them into the calendar yeah, like pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's what we intend to do to make sure that we're thinking about people and then opening those relationships on our street, there's like this Facebook group. And apparently there's this like, I guess like every other Friday or every Friday during the summer, like somebody hosts a happy hour on Friday afternoons in their driveway. And they make like adult. It's way cooler than it sounds, by the way. They make like <laughs> It's adult, like the most suburban thing ever. Adult cocktails. You bring your, your lawn chair, chairs. your lawn chair yeah. down there and hang out with people. Yeah. You better believe like that's that time frame is already marked off on the calendar. Yeah. 
Like we're not doing anything during that time. We're going to be at every single one of those, you know? So it's like thinking outside the box of, you can, it can get easy to be thinking just about your small group, just about your family. Yeah. Just about your kids. Yeah. What other community circle, what other communities are you connected to that Mm -hmm. you can start to put effort into getting to know people and like, for real, not mm-hmm. not to like leverage them yeah. into an invite, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like because you care about them. Yeah. Well, I someone I heard someone smarter than me once say on this specific subject of like, uh, it wasn't framed under caring for people, but it was essentially like sometimes. And this person was uh, <laughs> had next to grind against the church, but they were like, they basically said like inviting someone to church depending on that person's background and where they're coming from, that could be like the least caring thing you can do for them. Like Mm. think about how you want to be cared for and then do something like that for that person. And like you just said, like inviting them to church or inviting them into a conversation about faith or God that's down the line. Like that will just happen. The Holy spirit will prompt you when the time is right to do that. That's why like I have had such a hard time with like, you know, doing beach evangelism in college and using tracks and things like that. Like, not to limit the power of the spirit, but it's like if you're just hitting people over the head with a, a biblical hammer, it's like you're probably not going to get very many people to come to church. Like it takes things like that. Like it takes genuine like, hey, who are you? I want to learn about your life. Tell me your story. Like do you want to go grab a meal or coffee or a happy hour or whatever it is? Like these are things that I think a lot of Christians, it's like foreign. Like it's not foreign mm-hmm. for like our friends and our families and people that we know and care about, but like in the context of church and how we care for others, it's like, oh, oh yeah, I guess I totally could do that. Like, why would I not? Like, it's almost revolutionary. So. Yeah. And I think people can smell it when, you know, you're only in that relationship right? to try to get something out yeah. of it, like to yeah. leverage a yeah. invite to church or yep. leverage them into a relationship with Jesus. It's like, I got it. You have to care about that person holistically. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Like, and really, mm-hmm. really, it's got to be worth your time. Right. Like, you know. Right. Like, you got to ask the question, if this person doesn't do what I want them to do, is this relationship still worth it? Yeah. And if the answer is no, you need to go back and look at your own heart. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. The point is not to get them in the door at pursuit. Right. The point is I to mean, get to know them. If that happens, great. <laughs> if it happens, fantastic. I love it. Um, but if you can just be a safe person who they know cares about them mm-hmm. and that in the name of Jesus in the name. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because, right. because you love them because you're a Christian, right? then that's a win. Yeah. Totally. Yep. So like one example that, uh, we have not to toot our own horn, um, is that a horn? I don't know what it is. It's a, it's a rap horn is what it's called actually. Anyway, uh, that's a whole nother <laughs> rabbit hole we could go down. Uh, we, with like a handful of our neighbors in our na- neighborhood, um, we got together and through a local organization, um, we didn't adopt, but like we're, a, we've basically like come alongside this family that has immigrated from Cameroon this last year. And it's not, there's no like agenda or anything. It's basically just like to befriend them and like mm-hmm. hang out with them, help them. There have been some needs that they've needed over the, over the last year, but like, it really is not just like placating them and be like, oh, you need groceries. We'll buy you groceries. That hasn't happened yet. It's been more like, hey, you know, I'm running late from work. Can you pick my son up at, at school? Bring him home. We're, yeah, we can do that. Like a couple weekends ago, they had gotten these bikes for their kids. 
And so like me and one of our other neighbors went over to their apartment and like oiled chains and filled up tires, made sure they had bike helmets. Like, and then when the weather gets nice, we'll go on a bike ride. Like just things like that. Yeah. Like there are, there are ways to, I don't know, maybe what we're just talking about is being neighborly. <laughs> like, you know, there's yeah. ways to care for people and to love them. Mark, know? I've heard you say this as somebody who is not originally from Minnesota. Um, you don't have a ton of family around here Mm -hmm. and so none i mean think about the like family unit i feel like over the last 50 years has kind of it's it's not what it once was but what are the things that a family would have done or like a community would do do the people around you do the people in your circles have that can you be that for them Mm -hmm. can you show up to oil bikes or like pick up kids from school because we, you're there and you're flexible, and like put fifteen hundred dollars in it. Did they, they didn't actually leave the basket? <laughs> no, that was a dumb question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know how people don't. I don't know how people who don't have tons of family, or maybe grew up here and have tons of connections, yeah, make it if they're not part of a church. Yeah, I don't know how that happens. Like I, I know the amount of times that we have relied on community in the past eight, ten years here, and it's like we wouldn't have made it through. You just yeah. wouldn't have made it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like being that for other people is probably what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, being passionate for people who aren't here yet. Yep. So it's easy to do for a family from Cameroon because they got nothing. But it's also, you know, important for you to do it for neighbors and coworkers and just people. 100%, who, yeah. They're not out there asking for it. Sometimes yeah. they're even a little bit like. You we're know, Minnesotan. Like, we don't like to ask for things. Yeah. We want to be very independent. Yeah. Well, and the reason I brought up that family is. It's not like they they work, they have money, like it, they don't need, they're not in need of like food or clothing. They have all those things. Uh, they are just kind of in need of like a foothold into culture mm-hmm. yeah. and like yeah. people who are friends with them and want to hang out with them, introduce them to different like social norms or yeah. social activities, tell them about, Hey, you know, this is where this restaurant is or this park is or whatever. Like mm-hmm. you ever heard of a winter carnival? We do that here. Like, you know, just like, like, yeah. things like, why that. would you go outside at that time? That <laughs> doesn't make any sense. You're crazy. The husband, when we met him in the fall, we were talking about like, you know, land of 10,000 lakes and, and water and stuff. And he's like, Oh, Africans do not, we don't do lakes. <laughs> he was like, I don't swim. And he's like, I certainly don't walk on frozen lakes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's not wrong. It's right. kind of crazy. Yeah. But I, <laughs> yeah. really funny. I think it's a situation like that. You see a family from Cameroon. It's really easy for your brain to be like, oh, yeah, they need community. Like, Or yeah. this family who came from the East Coast, like, yeah, they need community. Um, but there's more, like, in your circle. Who's the, like, family who doesn't talk to their family anymore? Maybe the rest of their family are not believers and mm. they don't have that community or um, the single gal down the street who just like is just trying to figure things out on her own. Mm. Like, yeah. welcome her into your family, too. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. I think I firmly believe that everyone has people like that in their lives. Oh, 100 percent have needs statistically like it's i don't think it's possible that you don't have these people they don't they don't have community and so like it's a perfect opportunity for you if you don't have these people like time to stop being a hermit yeah (laughs) yeah if you can if you can prove that you don't have these people go do a thing just we have another conversation wherever you go just start talking to random people and you'll find them like great we got to know your neighbors There's people are at church like good luck you can find them yeah all right so it kind of brings us into this 
this past week, or should we, we really focused on the idea. So if the first concept was that your faith is fueled by watching this transformation happen, this mm-hmm. is what really gives you the fuel as a believer, as yep. a church. And I do believe that. I think that's really what our, our church is really focused on seeing yeah. that, and that it really fuels us. Yep. Um, <clears throat> the second concept this week was really more about the environment of what it looks like to grow as a believer. And Mm -hmm. this was like really me again, kind of focused on this idea that like, I think has become popular or maybe it was always popular, but I just, I don't know. I think recently, I think there's a lot of people who are like, no, I can walk away from the church. I can walk away from community. Mm -hmm. I don't need anybody else. It's just me and Jesus. Yep. I think this, uh, idea it's made worse by the idea that you can go to church online. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of like isolate my faith into this little capsule, this little compartment that says I do this uh, at a certain time, once a week for an hour, mm-hmm. or I listen to a podcast while I work out or do this or that. And that's... Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> but, but that's my faith. My faith is yeah. I'm going to do this activity each yep. week. And that's really what's going to be. And it's mostly we've gotten to this place where we're just learning something, but we're not actually being very obedient to it. We're just, it's just like more knowledge for us, mm-hmm. more ammo for us to beat people up with online, more, you know, more uh, kind of, I don't know. I kind of think about like kids, like it, it, it creates this like immature version of a Christian that knows a lot of stuff, but can't live any of it out. Yeah. Um, and I, I just feel like, what takes those edges off and creates the environment that we need to grow in is community, both your church community, like on a Sunday morning, and also like a small group community or a serving community that you're part mm-hmm. of where people actually know you and they're encouraging you to to walk this thing out to actually mm-hmm. do it. And I feel like a lot of people think they don't need that anymore, and that is a major miscalculation yeah. Um, in fact, that's sort of the beginning of walking away from your faith in my mind. Mm-hmm. It like leads you to a place where you feel isolated, you feel hurt, you feel like people don't care about you. Yep. You feel, I don't know, like, um, you know, I think isolation probably is the big word, but like it, it, it creates separation between you and Jesus because you don't have this community, which is the environment in which I think your faith really grows. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like one of the things that the pandemic has done for the church, I feel like in many ways, when we talk about the pandemic in church, we talk about just all the negatives, like all of the really, the hardships, the, all the bad things. I really have come to the conclusion that there is good that is coming out of it too, because it's in a lot of ways, it's kind of put a spotlight on some of these, uh, inherent or systemic things about church for Christians, the consumer, uh, you know, how we consume our churches and rarely participate. I think it's highlighted a lot of those things. And that's kind of created this like crucible for a lot of people where it's like, do I walk away from my faith? Do I even have a faith or do I like re up and walk closer to God and go back to church? Like, uh, one of the things I love about movies that I think highlights what I'm saying here is that like, you know, at the end of Wally, <laughs> when like <laughs> they, all the, they like all the people who've been living, yeah, all the people who've been living in the ship, they come out of the ship and they're like, Oh, there's this whole new world. Like, or at the end of total recall, like when Mars has air and they walk outside and it's like this whole new world for them to the discover. Old one. Not the new, yeah, whatever not, the new not piece the new of one. trash yeah. was. Yeah. 
what I'm saying is that I think there's like a fair number of Christ followers who are at that moment right now where it's like if you're turning your face towards Jesus and you're turning back to like what our faith should have been all along, you're realizing like, oh my goodness, there's this whole new world that I need. I haven't really been tapping into. I've been doing this all wrong or maybe like half right, <laughs> you know, for most of my life. Mm. And so I think like as we talk about the importance of community, the importance of relationship with other believers, the importance of being a part of that. It doesn't just benefit you or others. It's like, this is how God designed it to be all along. It's kind of this reawakening of our souls of like our spirituality and what that can mean and what it should mean. Yeah. The way it should have always been. So, yeah. I mean, it, theologically like God himself is a community Mm-hmm. which is a crazy thing to think about. Yeah, how did we miss that Your one? brain will explode if you think about it too long. Um, and he created us with that need. Mm-hmm. And I, what's interesting is I do find that people, this is a sad thing about the church too. It's like I do think people find that community in other places, and it's not quite the same, but it's like enough the same that they can, that it's okay. Like they it's like can, a discount version of it. Yes. And I hate to say it that way, but like, there's something about, and I, and you know, I was talking with uh, a millennial who kind of was in the church, like had a job in the church and then w- walked away from the church. And, um, you know, they were telling me like, yeah, I have this job where I work in this, like this neighborhood. And basically I've gotten all the neighbors in the neighborhood and all the regulars at the place that I work and all the people who are like loosely connected to the community of people that I'm in. And I love this community and yeah. I don't actually feel the need anymore to have, you know, christian community and i just like asked the question well like how's your faith doing and their answer was struggling hard right right because yeah like it's you can you can replace it with counterfeit community but like that's not going to cause you to actually grow in your faith if your desire is to have this like vibrant faith then you you can try to find community in other ways but that's not going to lead you to the place that you're looking for you're designed to have this you know, vibrant community of other believers around you that would challenge you, push you, you know, encourage you, pick you up when you fall, like yeah. carry the burdens for you when yeah. the times are too, when they're too heavy yeah. and would do it together, you know? And I think there's something about that, that, you know, like I look at my small group and I can just talk from my own experience, but like everybody in our, our small group has little kids, like really little kids. Mm-hmm. So my in-laws were visiting and they stayed and hung out at our small group. Mm-hmm. So we had two rando, you know, old no, people. Yeah. Nobody knows them really. They're just like there. And <laughs> my father-in-law is a genius. Like he's a pastor who's been pastoring for like forever, his whole life. And he's like, he reads Hebrew and Greek. Like he's absolute theological genius. Um, and watching him bite his lip as people were sharing stuff was just, <laughs> it was brought me so much joy. <laughs> Um, but like afterwards we were kind of talking through and like, we might've got like 35, 40 minutes of like content of like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because we eat together, which is super important to us. We, um, send our kids downstairs, but it's like a 10 minute process of bringing them downstairs and they're coming back yeah. up and they're going back down. There's almost always a kid in someone's lap making noise throughout the entire group time. And we only meet 5.45 to 7.30 because our kids got to get to bed. You know, we don't really have time to do anything else. So, like, it's a quick kind of thing. And it's like, it's all 
we can handle. But even that is like enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. even that is just like a shot in the arm. It's mm-hmm. like a, hey, I have a place where I belong. There's people I can share things with. We, you know, we prayed for one, one person who was having surgery. We were able to lay hands on that person. Mm-hmm. Like our little kids are like standing there laying hands, like looking around, like what's going on. Like that's what we're doing. And it's not like the deepest Bible study in the entire world. That's not what we're going for. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, you have a place where people accept you, love you, care yep. about you, are paying attention to you, are texting back and forth with you throughout the week or caring for your needs. When one of us has a problem that's too heavy, the rest of us carry the load. Like, that's what it's supposed to be. And, mm-hmm. you know, my, my in-laws both, like, you know, they recognize the fact that no, like, older person without the capacity for that kind of noise and busyness mm-hmm. and, like, lack of, like, focus would be able to handle that group. Yeah. And secondly, they agreed that it was, like, incredibly beautiful mm-hmm. to, like, be a part of. Mm-hmm. So, like... You know, to me, it's like that community is needs to be part of every person's life. If there's like one thing somebody would ask me in our church, like, what should I do? I'd love for you to serve. Really. Yeah. I feel like that's part of what it means to be part of a family. You got to do something. You got to load the dishwasher. Like somebody Mm -hmm. has to do the things. But really what I want is for you to be in a a small group. Like really what I want is for you to have a place where you're connecting somewhere. Somebody's caring about you. Somebody's paying attention to you. Mm-hmm. Somebody's inviting you into community and offering that part of their life to you as well. Because that, to me, is the environment where really growth happens. Like yeah. You could yeah. serve. You might grow a little. But, man, you join a small group, you're going to grow a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, I don't know and, how you guys feel. And, and give. I mean, you don't. <laughs> it's just one of the ways. I don't know. <laughs> that stuff takes care of itself. <laughs> that can come later. Yeah. I kid. I kid. Yeah. So, yeah, I got to give another update because as I dig into our finances, it's really funny. We just, we ping pong back and forth, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, things are great, guys. Good job. And it's like, and then like, okay, guys, things suck again. Can can you guys give a little bit more? And like, right back up. Yeah. Probably. Welcome to church. Well, I mean, probably tells you about where everybody's life is in general. Yeah. It's how we do our faith sometimes too. It's like um, me and Jesus are tight, yeah. And then it's like, oh yeah, lost focus for Jesus. a second. Right, I got to get back to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, a uh, little note from before: uh, the Miracle Maker is streaming for free on Prime Video. What right now? Yes, and Tubi. Right. Go watch it. Yep, it's sick. <laughs> I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> I'm going to show my kids. They're going to love it. So Sweet. It's really good. Will they? It's like, Jesus. Hi, Jesus. <laughs> like, wait a second. What is that accent? I don't know. It's Australian. England. I think. Yeah, I don't know. New really Zealand. Sure. That's not English. <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, hi, all, Jesus. I, all of... <laughs> hi, Jesus. Let's throw another shrimp on the bobby. <laughs> wait, we don't do shrimp. We're Jewish. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's really fun. It's <laughs> if you're okay with like English accents, but I mean, the claymation is amazing. So good. I like English accents. That's not what that was, though. No, but sometimes sometimes it's really bad for you to have English accents for what is essentially a, you know, a, you should have a, I don't Middle know. Eastern. Yeah, Middle Eastern yeah. type accents. Yeah. I don't know. Wait, you mean Jesus didn't have blonde hair and blue eyes? Um, <laughs> I have a whole theology around this. I'd love to do some <laughs> other time for it. But, yeah. 
I think that another day that thing gets a bad rap sometimes, but sometimes it's warranted. So either way, we could talk about it another time. So yes. So yeah, I mean, just to kind of clean things up, like to me, that piece of community is is huge, and I think uh, our whole culture is missing it. Yep. In fact, if anything, things are moving out to the like being sort of decentralized out to the internet mm-hmm. and it's causing all kinds of problems. I mean, you got kids that again, they don't get the facial recognition of the person they're hurting when mm-hmm. they say terrible things to people. And the online bullying thing is just so much easier. The trolling yep. is so much easier than uh, it is in real life. And I feel like you also don't really care if you make everybody mad around you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to manage your relationships anymore because you can retreat to the internet and find a, a hole of trolls that will agree with whatever dumb thing it is that you agree with. And you can find yourself an echo chamber. You can find yourself a group of people who believe exactly like you do. And then you don't ever have to sit in any tension about disagreeing with people. And it's a bad place. I mean, think about all the bad stuff that comes out of those echo chambers. Yeah. I mean, this is how we get to play. Nothing good. This is how we get to situations where people are like breaking into the Capitol live on CNN. Yeah. Right. Like it's echo chambers. It's holes in the Internet where people are just like, you know, uh, egging each other on to like get more extreme. Yeah. You're just like. And even if it's not those things, it's like it kind of gets back to that watered down version of community that we were talking about earlier. Like one of the things that I used to enjoy about like social media was being able to connect with like someone I knew in high school or, you know, an old friend or something like that. And it's like not actually reconnecting with them i'm just looking at their lives from a distance yeah like it creates the a false version right it creates a false yeah. sense of community that isn't actually real and doesn't really mean anything and i think you know? it's really important for us to be to know people and have people in our lives who think differently than we do mm-hmm. who believe differently like hear somebody else's perspective mm-hmm. this is a good thing like to be able to sit and be like i disagree with you but that's okay. Like, right. it's okay to disagree with people. Right. I don't always agree with Mark. There are a lot of things that we would disagree on oh, on how to do. Many. Um, <laughs> but we've Everyone learned. is able to have a terrible take or two. It's fine. You can that's have right. You can be wrong too. Um, but we have almost 12 years of working together where we now can joke about this and, and communicate <laughs> and be okay. Um, yeah, I think, I think we don't have enough of that. Yeah. We don't have enough people in our lives that disagree with us that we're willing to spend a lot of time with. Yeah. Cause it's tiring. It's hard. Yeah. It can be. Yeah. It's not easy. Like people are exhausting. People are messy. They will let you down. They will not follow through on something. They will be aggravating at times. But, by the way, that's part of real community. Mm-hmm. Cause essentially what you want is for everyone to agree with you all the time. That's not real. No. Like if you are only surrounding yourselves with people that say exactly what you believe and you're not allowing for anyone to challenge you at any point, then all you're doing is controlling people around you to be exactly what you want them to be. That's called narcissism. Yeah. Right. Where you basically are, it doesn't end well, gaslighting your ideas into them or, you know, trying to get them to No, you need to allow people to be who they are and allow yourself to be who you are Mm -hmm. and to be safe in community, knowing that like, Neither of us are walking away from this relationship at the end of this conversation, right? And we can disagree with each other, and yeah. it's okay. We yep. can challenge one another. Yeah. Because it's what's best for us. Yep. Right. So. Well, I think that's 
it for today. Uh, so we're going to wrap up here in a second. Uh, next week, this Sunday is our third and last week of Vibrant Faith, the series. Mm-hmm. And after that, do we jump right into yeah, Encounters yeah. with Jesus? Yep. So we'll be um, starting a new series called Encounters with Jesus. I'm actually really, really excited about it. Um, and it's exactly what it sounds like. We're talking about different encounters with Jesus. Yep. Um, it's going to be awesome. And we'll do that through the summer, most of the summer. And then once we get to this fall, uh, we'll be talking governance and things like that, and kind of yeah. I think it's August where we do some uh, values of our church, and then we tie it in with the governance stuff mm-hmm. that we're going to be rolling out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have thirteen weeks of encounters with Jesus. Yeah, probably one of the longer sermon series that we'll do, but Ooh. it's going to be really good. But each week is a different story. Yes, right. So yeah, it's yeah. not like going through Romans for thirteen straight weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be yeah. great, too. <laughs> but also... <laughs> not that there's anything wrong. Uh, we're so, starting our... That's not on the calendar for us to do on, next. <laughs> start our series on uh, Leviticus. I don't know if I ever want to Woo! do... Ooh. I don't know if I ever want to do all the way through Romans. I don't, never say never, but it's definitely not on, on the planning table right now. We might just at one point go like, we're going to do Romans 8 for the next month. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so dense. Yep. It's yeah. so hard. Yep. Yeah, so thanks for joining us today, and I hope you guys have a great week. As always, uh, we would love to get your guys' feedback, whether those are questions, thoughts. uh, You can drop those here in the comments, wherever you're watching or listening. You can also send an email to office at pursuitcommunity.church, or you can talk to us, text us if you have our phone numbers. Uh, We'd love to hear from you guys. We we are 20 episodes in, and we don't feel like we have this whipped. Yeah. Right? So we would love to do some more topical stuff. If people have a question or two, they want to ask, like mm-hmm. we would really, really appreciate that kind yeah. of thing. So yeah. Let us know. Yeah. All right, guys. Cool. Cool. Have a great week. See you. All right.